I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back to your favorite pop culture academic symposium. We are the pop culture professors. So true. Smart people, dumb topics forever. We we are back finally as a duo in the studio. Caitlin, it's so crazy that we haven't spoken in months. Months, months, months. The feud is over. Yeah. Guys, gals, folks, the real reason that the last several <laughs> weeks, there haven't been new episodes with the two of us is because Caitlin and I got into a really heated argument over the holidays. Yeah. It's taken a lot of time and uh, the help of some really dedicated professionals. But mm-hmm. we've, we finally worked through everything. Caitlin, do you want to admit what you've done or... <laughs> 
No, I'm saving that for Patreon. Okay. okay. Um, you can find the gossip on Patreon. But okay. thank you to our guest professors, Chris Lewis, Lauren Ashley Smith. Incredible. Uh, for getting us through yeah. that time, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. fraught, fraught time. But, you know, we're, we're here. We've still taught college classes, have master's degrees. You're yeah. teaching college right now. How's it I going? am. Um, you know, it is uh, continuing to be both the most rewarding and soul-sucking thing you know, simultaneously. So we love it, but we will be traumatized by it for the rest of our life. That's Great. that's where I'm at in terms of being a professor. Oh, I think it sounds good. Yeah. Does it make you want to get back in the game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll okay. apply on monster.com. You can just send me your CV. I'm going to be hiring this summer. I like to work through Monster. Okay. That's how I feel comfortable. That's cool. So so teach me more, though. Teach me mm-hmm. what is standing. What is standing? Well, Here's the here's the complicated thing about standing. Standing is when you're an obsessive fan <laughs> and it's in theory about a particular performer or couple or something, you know, like like that. But you know, for me right now, okay. yeah. I like remembered that I stand, and this is gonna sound crazy. Stay with me. Music. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, I know. You're probably thinking, Lauren, I thought you said you were over COVID. I thought you said you were okay. And I am for the most part. But I just, Stan Stans, you know this. I watch a lot of content every week. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I watch multiple series sometimes at the same time. I stay up all night. I've been trying to sleep more. And oh. yeah, it's crazy. And in part of my efforts to get better sleep hygiene, I've been not watching as much tv so i've been listening to a lot of music and it's so fun you love music i love music and you know i've been particularly hanging out with my good old friend kate nash forgot how much Mm. i love kate nash great one and i forgot how much i love missy elliott (laughs) you can never forget you know i'm just i'm rediscovering so many friends that have always been there for me and i just i forget sometimes that i have this amazing choir of support behind me so right now this week i'm standing the concept and enjoyment of music wow music music is undefeated music music is tops Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so how unhinged are you this week what are you standing this week Uh, I'm unhinged, but just in our normal way, mm, I'd say. Yeah. And I, I have a specific to hit you with. Okay, great. And I often wonder if our listeners are like, I wonder when Caitlin is on a crash course to like this. You know, okay. like if we haven't mentioned something yet, I always wonder if they're like, wonder when they're going to find out that streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, this came in the show called Below Deck Mediterranean. Woo! <laughs> became invested and you guys know i'm a bravoholic i've been that but just never i'm familiar with the big names of the below deck world never really got into it Mm -hmm. love the med and here's what's weird when you become a stan late like after Mm -hmm. other people and then you look online to see what people's opinions are Mm. oh and then you're off because i watch below deck med and i love captain sandy i'm Mm. living and dying for her i would like for her to take me on as a mentee Mm -hmm. i don't know you know, I don't really do any boat jobs, but what, yeah. if? what if now I'm finding out online, she's like kind of an antagonist in a lot of people's minds. And I was shocked. Wow. And it's it was really been upsetting. So I'm working through that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I have something that might help you feel a little bit better. Hmm. What is? A five star review that just came in. 
Oh my gosh, we I stand know. five star reviews. That's we absolutely a funny thing. do. Well, this one comes to us from JoJo Bells, and JoJo Bells says the hosts are so witty and quick. Truly a smart show about dumb topics. Thank you to Lauren and Caitlin for your service during these difficult times. <laughs> so, Caitlin, all of these hours you're putting into your intense <laughs> viewing of Below Deck, that's first responder shit. So, you, that must be why I've gotten COVID twice. Mm-hmm. And that's why. Truly, thank you, JoJo Bells, for articulating it mm-hmm. as your service. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, you are welcome. <laughs> and it is our honor. <laughs> You know what our other honor is? <laughs> to have today's guest with us. Yeah, today's guest is an absolute honor, an absolute treat. And uh, you're going to just, you're going to be absolutely tickled p- by their brilliance and charm. Please, Please welcome. welcome. And Victoria Clark. Hello. Thank you for having me on this wonderful podcast. Oh my gosh. Already just so charming. Listen to that Our- voice. She's already doing it. She's part of the service. And we're talking about a topic today just to jump right into it. My gosh, I am so excited. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've not done many that are so specific as this that are but that are speak to so many things. And we're Mm -hmm. talking about the actor, the performer, the genius, Matt Berry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And we usually give our listeners the credits of like why we are, you know, uniquely experienced to speak on this. And I think you may be our most credited mm-hmm. guest of all time. <laughs> Do you want to speak about your journey with Matt Berry? Yes. I was just going to say I'm really glad I'm here for this one because, yes, this is right up my alley. I write at Vulture.com and I contribute to a column myself and my cohort, Catherine ben Arendonk. Uh, we write a column called Vulture Bets on Barry, where we <laughs> think of jobs that we would like to have Matt Barry do, roles we would like to see him play, cruise ships we'd like to see him own, things like that. And we put that out into the world and we wait for, I don't know, things to come back besides comments. So... <laughs> Like recently, he was cast in an FX miniseries of Great Expectations. Yes. Might be speaking on that. I don't want to say that's because of us, but it's because of us. So, yes, you are powerful. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You probably are a guest that that has the most actual credentials. Really, really, (sighs) you know, thank you. Well, and I just want to be really honest. Like, when we've been talking about, like, oh, what should we ask? And to do like we've we've talked about wanting to have you on the pod for a while. And then Caitlin was like, oh, my God, we should talk about Matt Berry. And I got excited because this week I don't feel like the professor. I feel like I'm going to be the student. Like, I feel really excited to be here to learn from you today and to walk away a better stand. Like, I really respect his work. I enjoy everything I've ever seen. But I feel like I have a lot of learning to do. So I'm just really thankful to be here in this uh, educational space today and to be under your tutelage, to be honest. Right. Well, uh, my my credit is, uh, is also an apology. So it's kind of a weird one this week as well. I need to apologize to the show, The IT Crowd, because I was watching it. And I was enjoying it. This is 10, 12 years ago. Who can say when time is? And I really liked the first boss they had, who was played by Chris Morris, uh, who was wonderful. Nothing against Chris Morris. But I was loving him. And I was like, well, who are they going to bring in to be this boss Mm -hmm. now that that other guy left? It's going to be some schlub. He's not going to be funny. Mm -hmm. 
And then it was Matt Berry. And wow. Okay. Oops. The world was never the same. If I'm My being honest. My world was never the same. And I want to apologize to the tea crowd. Again, nothing against Chris Morris. He is wonderful, in fact. But it, that feeling, you know, when you're in doubt, folks, when you're in pop culture doubt, you don't know. A brighter star could be coming for you. So I've been a, a Matt Berry stan since then, have really sought out things, though I realized also I've not seen everything I thought I had. So there's there's so much here. For a niche topic, it is quite expansive. Yes. He is, he is someone who, and this is part of what fuels my standing. I don't know if you how deep you want me right. to go into this right now. Please. But. Get deep. Get deep. So I kind of compare my enthusiasm for Matt Berry to my relationship with cats because... Wow. He's an artist that constantly surprises you and he has a lot of mystery to him. Like he does Mm. all kinds of different things and you kind of have to find it on your own. But at the same time, he doesn't necessarily want you to. He doesn't necessarily (laughs) he doesn't necessarily want you to stand him like he's very reluctant with his, his persona as a celebrity. And yeah, so so I compare it to a house cat. That's a great point. Uh, I think that's brilliant. And I, I that's a great point that I had anxiety preparing for this episode because I was like, you know, he's really kept it cool. He has not been a true celeb celeb yet. I get worried. You know, I have anxiety about what's going to happen when that moment comes. Is it going to change him? Is he going to date someone we don't approve of? Like, there, there's just so many things that are possible. And it's right now we're doing great. But like, what what's the future? This must be what it's like to be a parent. It's just to be a Matt Berry stan. You know, as a Matt Berry stan, I'm sure there have been times when you have encountered people who are like, who? Right? So for someone listening to the podcast who are going, wait a second, what am I listening to? Who are we talking about? Like, how do you and hook someone who's not already in the standum and get them as quickly on board to become a Matt Berry stand as possible? That's a good question. I would say that... What we do in the shadows is, I think, actually an excellent entry point because it is what I would call peak Matt Berry. Like, mm-hmm. I think the character of Laszlo, even if you just watch a clip of him, you will immediately understand what this is about. And again, like, I can't overstate how fun it is to stand someone who does not want to be stand. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel righteous. It makes me feel, you know, like back in the day when, like, we were in like high school or middle school and it was like a big deal to like know a band that nobody else really knew about. Yep, mm. yep, yep. Yeah, it's like that a little bit. It kind of you it's it's got an exclusivity to it. You know, it's like if you know, mm. you know. If you don't know, I'm sorry for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, completely. You know, I think that we we should just jump into we game should. number 1, which yeah. I, you know, it's called Very Berry. And the game is simple. I'm going to play an audio clip of a, a Matt Berry character, and you're going to give me the character's name. These go from easier to harder. I think you're going to do great. I hope I do great. Otherwise, I will have to leave town in shame. Yep. Those are the stakes. The nice thing is, though, we do have a bus ticket for you if you do fail. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And you know what? We, we, we got, we'll, we'll also help with the moving costs. Okay. Is it uh, the Megabus? Is it like a bus with Wi-Fi or is it just like... 
there is Wi-Fi. There is okay. Wi-Fi. It might work. But, it might not. But yeah. I was going to say it, but it's off of the driver's hotspot on his phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate and that. The battery is running out. He doesn't have a charger. Oh, okay. um, all right. Yeah. So let's get number one. After all that nonsense on Staten Island, I cut loose to Pennsylvania because it sounded like Transylvania. We all know that sounds cool. I infiltrated the township posing as your average American Yankee Doodle Dandy, and I took over Lucky Brew's Bar and Grill. The previous owner, he mysteriously disappeared because I killed him. Drinks on the house! Oh, that is Laszlo Cravensworth from What We Do in the Shadows as Jackie Daytona. Exactly. Mm. You got both names. Both thank you, names. Thank you. Such a funny episode. Ugh. The best. Uh, what we do in the shadows. It's a good thing the show came out after I was no longer on the Indian improv scene because I would have had a oh, team no. called Jackie Daytona. 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You'd, you'd have been fighting for that name, though. The, I, on improvteams.com, there would have been you like... You better <laughs> bet your ass the second I saw that episode, I would have been on newyorkimprovteams.com. I wouldn't have even had anyone <laughs> else. I would have claimed that name ASAP. <laughs> I kind of wish that had been so. I know. You know, this is another great Matt Berry moment, too, because I love the movie What We Do in the Shadows, which he was not in. And mm-hmm. I was definitely nervous hearing there was going to be a show. Oh, definitely yeah. nervous. And then it's great. Wow. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's great. It is. All right. I'm excited right. to hear the next clip. I am, too. That was a little bit too far the other way, a bit too jolly. Yeah, why don't you just try a few more times? Fire the nuclear weapons! 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 Okay, that is Stephen Toast doing one of his famous voiceovers with Clem Fandango. Yes. I have to say, if you are a fan of Toast or Matt Berry in general... There's an audiobook called Toast on Toast that's written by Arthur <gasps> Meyer, who's the writer for what? one of the main writers for Toast. And Whoa. it's read by Matt Berry. And it is the funniest thing I've ever listened to. Th- this is going to sound weird, but I actually haven't finished it yet because sometimes if I really, really love something, I'll refuse to finish it because I'm like, I'm going to need this someday. I'm going to need this to pull me out of something. Yeah, I <laughs> so, totally get that. That's amazing. I've made it through about two thirds of it, but it is the funniest audiobook I've ever heard. Oh, we're learning. She's teaching us. I knew I would be a better person by the end of this episode. Exactly like we wanted. All right. I love being given homework. Give me reading assignments. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unhappy priest, where is your God? Where is your God now? Here lies a great man. A great man! Father! That was Douglas Renholm in the IT crowd, barging into his father's funeral to fight a priest. Um, I have to say, I love listening to these with no video because you really start to appreciate all the grunting and moaning he does. Yes. It seems exhausting having his parts. Yes. That is his his first scene in the IT crowd as he enters to... uh, I never appreciated you know. the grunting he does when he's like <laughs> running down the aisle of that church and he's like, <laughs> yeah, IT crowd is kind of weird where like it's mostly a multicam, but they have some of these single cam scenes, but they still have a laugh track. and It's a little yeah, bizarre. It is. Still love it. 
Still love it. All right. She's killing it, folks. She's three out of three. Let's hit number four. I need you to punch me in the chest, boy. Punch me? My jam tart stopped. Come on, you Wally. (laughs) That's Detective Inspector Rabbit from Year of the Rabbit. Nail. A very underappreciated Matt Berry chapter of his canon that Mm -hmm. did not get a season two, and I was pretty upset about that. No, yes. In my research, it seems like it is unlikely to. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it's it. It's a great show. Nothing much to say. Great. No, no you're it's just a one language. Show. I, yeah. Ugh. This might be the ultimate stand episode where we just go, yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, we can we can parse the complicated legacy of the IT crowd if you'd like to go into some muckier right. stuff. But I mean, I, I want to clarify none of that is, is stuff I hold Matt Barry responsible for. That's sure. the thing. You can't. It just it just washes right off him. It does. All right. So she's four out of four. We got one left. Oh, you know, boy. I'm excited. We'll see. We'll see. Hundred percent. Turn around, bright eyes. Every now and then I fall apart And I need you more tonight And I need you more than ever And you'll only be making it right And we'll be holding on forever <laughs> All right. Okay. That is the Mighty Boosh. Yes. I cannot remember his character's name in that other than that he's a zookeeper and he has like curly gray hair, but I... I'm ashamed right now that I can't remember the name of this character. His name in the show is Dixon Bainbridge. Dixon Bainbridge. <laughs> I should have known that. But we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it. She killed it. That, uh, Mighty Boosh was complicated and oh, yeah, kooky. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes a gorilla can talk. Other times, no. I have to say his character names, which he's not a hot thousand percent responsible for. Some mm-hmm. of them he created, but they're probably the best character mm-hmm. names mm-hmm. I've ever read in my life. You have Laszlo Cravensworth as Jackie Daytona, Stephen Toast, Douglas Runholm, Detective Inspector Rabbit, and Dixon Bainbridge. I mean, yes. what? Well, I feel like a lot of actors actually kind of have this in creative types. He has a little dyslexia. Mm. Oh. And So he's talked in interviews before, actually, an interview Catherine did with him. He talked about how, you know, when he reads people's names, he often Mm -hmm. scrambles the letters. And that's where a lot of the ideas for character names come from, especially in Toast. I love that. You know? Wow. That's so cool. He's cool. He is very cool. He just gets cooler. He just keeps getting cooler. Well, I think we got to take a quick break because uh, Matt Berry's so cool. I got to go turn the heat on. So we'll be right back. (laughs) You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, wherever podcasts are available. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. All right, I crank the heat up and uh, we're ready to jump back into the Matt Berry stand fire. I don't know. It'll I'm, get hotter. I, I, It'll get hotter. Okay. Wow. I was, I was trying something out, you know. Caitlin, yeah. speaking of trying things out, you were really inspired by mm-hmm. recent news concerning Matt Berry. And I know you, you're very excited to get Anne's take on this. So Absolutely. Yeah. Time, I think it's time for your thesis. Yes. So Anne has already mentioned that Matt Berry was cast because of Anne's work in Great Expectations mm-hmm. as Mr. Pumblechuck. Uh, the series is also going to have Olivia Coleman. It's obviously going to be amazing. But that made me think, like, we need to see him in more classic literature roles. Mm. So I have identified a number of parts that I think that he would kill. And we're going to look at these. And then at the end, I'm going to ask you guys, which one do we feel is getting him that Oscar? Okay. So this is which class literature part will get Matt Berry an Oscar. And we're going to start off with an obvious role for him. Considered one of the most difficult roles in all of theater and one of the greatest characters of all time, Falstaff. From Shakespeare's Henry the Fourth, parts one and two. Mm-hmm, Falstaff mm-hmm. is the mentor to a young Prince Hal, a jocular character, a complicated man. This is good, though, too, because I think, and by the way, this is a film version. So, because we're getting the Oscar. There's obviously been a lot of theater actors have taken on this role and made it their own. Mm-hmm. There's no real iconic film of Henry the Fourth. I don't think, Lauren, I would lean on you. Maybe you would know more about that. I looked into it. I didn't see one. They've done one somewhat recently in BBC, but mm-hmm. there is no film actor who is Falstaff, I think. I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So this would be a supporting actor, obviously, but it's so big. You never know. It could balloon into a best actor thing. We don't know. Okay. Secondly, Chris, Prince Balkonsky in War and Peace. So this is an older character than he is. And I mean the older one. There's two. So he's sort of, if you're not familiar with, if you're not like me and haven't been reading War and Peace steadily since 2020 and still haven't finished it, he's a misanthropic character 
who uh, is seeing the world change, uh, but is very sharp. But the, the sharpness of his mind is closing in on him, and he sort of only has his daughter and controlling her to feel the power he once felt. Darker role, maybe, than we've seen Mark Berry do, recently played by Jim Broadbent in a BBC version um, that had Gillian Anderson, which I actually think that's pretty dark for a Jim Broadbent role, too. Interesting. Okay. Now, then I was thinking, we haven't seen him, other than maybe in What We Do in the Shadows, romantic lead really and that feels like that's so inside him and to Anne's point earlier like stand in a way that he doesn't want to be stand like how can we see that on screen i'm thinking heathcliff in wuthering heights again dark problematic okay okay Okay. at least i mean problematic probably isn't the word but could he do it i think yes now, then I was like, wow, I've only thought of non-American texts. What could he do? And strangely, because every time I think when they adapt non-English language books such as War and Peace, they tend to just do them in British accents anyway. Like they just make them True. British. <laughs> so only American pieces of literature can be done in an American accent. And I was thinking, okay, what's a great piece of American literature? That Matt Berry could tackle. And then, you know, I was like thinking about Anne because I'm like, if Anne is a stan of Matt Berry, like, what are we seeing? Like, what is an Anne that we could see Matt Berry do? And that's like being Nebraskan. So, what about Matt Berry as Jim in My Antonia? Now, it has no great film version either. Apparently, it had a 1995 made for TV movie. But, my Antonia is the story of a uh, a orphaned white kid from the East Coast who moves to Nebraska alongside Antonia, the Czech immigrant, and they grow up and have lives. The story of, of uh, you know, different points of view in America, uh, d- different ways to immigrate. I, there is no great movie of this, and I suspect I have reasons why that's probably hard to adapt, but I'm so curious if he can do that sort of like quiet like keep everything that's matt berry but keep it right here i'm curious if it could work i think it could now the fifth one is insane uh what if they redid interview with the vampire and he plays lestat let me tell you why this works now some of you might say no that's too much vampire stuff and i say well no it's not so that answers that qualm and Anne rice did end up liking the interview with the vampire movie, but she was very, very skeptical of both the leads, especially Tom Cruise. She really did not like his casting and she wanted someone, I think that felt the way Matt Berry can feel more feral, more earthy than Tom Cruise ever could. Let's see his Lestat. Now, then I think maybe we see the musical one. Okay. I'm going to let yeah. Anne respond first, but I have. Okay. So, so, so I would say feelings. those are my five nominations. You know, you can tell me which one would he be nominated for an Oscar, win it, which one just shouldn't be made. And that's okay. You know, these are ideas. I am his agent. Yes. I think I'm really excited by the My Antonia idea because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. actually just finished rereading that book and oh I love it. God. I'm a huge Willa Cather fan. I didn't even know that. I'm- I didn't even know that. <laughs> I just read you. You did. I do feel like 
for him to play Jim, it would maybe have to be more of a narrator role than a a physical role because of his age. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I, but that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? Because it is yeah. from his perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm even more excited. I have to be honest about the Lestat idea because yes, the best idea that is. I actually just finished rereading Interview with the Vampire as well and started reading Whoa. the Vampire Lestat, which I'm not all the way through yet, but. Now that you say it, that makes perfect sense because Lestat in the vampire Lestat, Lestat becomes like a rock star. Like he's he's (laughs) in a band that he weasels his way into because he hears them rehearsing above his grave. And so he like comes out and is like, I'm going to be your like basically kind of hypnotizes them into letting him in the band. And that's just such a perfect thing that I would love to see him do because you're right. It's like a chaotic role it's it's a guy who's a narcissist and he's loose <laughs> you know in a way that yeah tom cruise couldn't have been in that movie because he's too pretty yep. like it takes yep. so much work to be that pretty no one believes that you're so much loose work. when you're when you look that good so I, right. I think i think i'd have to go with lestat so here's the thing i'm with you Anne, on the whole lestat of it all but with a twist <gasps> i am a moderate fan of the Lestat musical. It had a lot of issues. What I think would fix it is if it was approached from a more comedic stance, right? Like I think like trying to make Lestat into an earnest Broadway musical, it was never going to work because it just like, it needs to be more camped up. It needs to sort of be tongue in cheek and he would do it so well. So I'm going to say this isn't how he gets his Oscar, but it is how he gets his Olivier Award. And it does transfer <gasps> to Broadway and he does get a Tony. And I think it would be absolutely iconic. And, you know, they might talk about doing a film adaptation, but I think Netflix has proved that movie musicals are hard and people don't necessarily <laughs> want wow. them right now. Wow. The, the prom really hurt you in well, a way. They that... also they've released some data to suggest that it's not just the prom. They're having a hard time with viewership. So I don't know if oh, we want Matt even, Berry doing that. Even for Tick Tick. Boom. <laughs> did they did they do Diana the musical as well on Netflix? Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I don't know that as his agents we want him to necessarily do the movie version, but we do want him to do the stage show, earn those accolades, and get him one step closer to egotting. Okay. Which I was yeah. I th- yeah, which I think he is capable of and will do. And personally, if I had to choose one of the other roles to get the Oscar, I would choose Heathcliff. And now I see the rest of my time. <laughs> okay, thank you. I do like the idea of Heathcliff. I feel like we are definitely missing like a, a romantic lead for him. So I do like that as well. I agree. And I think that's I think that's missing out on, again, like a certain kind of sexuality that like, Hollywood doesn't recognize that there are there is an audience for <laughs> yeah there's an audience for people who want to see men in their late 40s <laughs> romance a woman of similar age in my opinion yes that's what and, I would like. like he just I think what is sexy about Matt Berry is he just seems to feel things very deeply like that's like of course he could be acting it might not be him but that's the that's the characters and they're yeah I, I think he could do it for sure. Well, yeah, because he it's it's always interesting when you when you notice a celebrity who seems to be smart in in like a basic yes. way. You know, <laughs> is, you're exactly right that it's noticeable. <laughs> like you're like, oh, I want to see this person do other stuff because they clearly have a brain 
that works. And that's really cool. Right. And you know that going back to my anxieties about Matt Berry, when I see a Matt Berry project, I now assume it will be good. And that is so dangerous because first of all, we should all be allowed to fail, but I'm not going to let him fail. No. No. No, no. And and the good news is, is that Anne and the team at Vulture, they're out there doing the work. They're keeping eyes on him at all times. It's true. They're, they're sending messages to him. Yeah. Also, again, he does not want to be doing any of this. So if he's in something, right. it's because they either it either is really good or he's friends with the people making it or they're offering him like a stupid amount of money, which I have God not bless. seen that. I, other than the Advil commercial, I haven't really seen an evidence of that happening so much. But even his cash grabby things, looking at his Wikipedia, are just better done. Like he's done multiple SpongeBob movies as a voice actor. And it's like, oh, yes, that's fun. People yes. respect Bob and his work. And it's you're, there's no harm. There's no yeah. harm to SpongeBob, Patrick, et cetera. It's kind of genius the way he's hacked that to be like, I'm going to make money like I'm in huge movies, but I'm not going to be in the huge movies. I'm going to do the voice mm-hmm. so that people oh, will it's... leave me alone. <laughs> Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, okay. I think we're all convinced he's going to EGOT. Uh, the EGOT? I mean, I, I actually didn't even specifically think about that way, but it's so obvious now what Anna's told us about this audiobook, we got a Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Tony you outlined, Oscar. I'm, I'm shocked and horrified I didn't know there was a Lestat musical, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's got now one I have to find really it. good song. <laughs> Ooh. That's all you need, right? That's all, you just yeah, need yeah. one big first act number and the rest yeah. can be okay. I'm sad for Anne Rice that she probably never knew who Matt Berry was. Yeah. Oh, oh don't I'm say sad that. For, her for a lot of reasons. <laughs> that could have helped her maybe not become a conservative kook at the end of her life. Wait, I didn't realize she oh, did that. Oh, yeah. No. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. She has a lot of layers. They're, some are wonderful. <laughs> well, I, speaking of layers, I think it's time yes. to play another game. I think, Lauren, you've created one of the most important games in the history of human civilization. Well, thank you. So please. You know, I wanted to bring up another Matthew that of, of note, and that is Matthew Perry in so much as I've created a game called Barry or Perry. And what I've done is, thanks to IMDb, I have collected a bunch of different quotes, not from their work, but from them in interviews. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you, Anne, to guess if I have read a Barry or Perry quote, which Matthew said it. I think I'm going to kill it at this in a way that's like embarrassing, but I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Also, because I use IMDb, it doesn't, site where it came from and i'm just really hoping that at least one of these was from an interview you or one of your coworkers was part of <laughs> all right here we go barry or perry first one i learned to fall down early in life i was like six because i realized it was a way to make girls laugh that's perry it's absolutely perry matt barry would never say such a thing in public <laughs> Thank you. All right. Next quote. I just find anyone who's arrogant and pompous is always the funniest for me. That's Barry. Iconic. Two for two. She's killing it. All right. Here we go. There just aren't enough hours in the day. I've got a lot of things that I want to do and those that I can do. I'm going to make sure that I do do. I think that's Barry. It is Barry. Okay. (laughs) Crushing it. Crushing it. She's on fire. She's on fire. Will she keep the streak up with this next one? 
I gravitate towards sort of broken characters who try to be better people. I think that's Perry. It is. It is. But is that true? Uh, he, I, doesn't know. he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. He's just I'm trying talking. to think of. I'm trying to think of characters he's played recently, and I'm like, I don't even know. Oh, no, I have no idea. He's talking about Fool's Russian. That's the only movie he remembers. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, all right. This next one is. I can't think of anything worse than to be stuck in something that I've already lost interest in. Oh, that's Barry. Absolutely. Well, that's classic. That one did feel like it could be either of them. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. One, one would be talking about a lived experience that they yeah. had in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is one of my favorites. If you're bored and you look bored, that's your fault. I think that's Perry. It's Barry. <gasps> no. Oh, no. Oh my god, her perfect streak. Oh, it was this Barry. kills me. This kills me. I have been thinking about getting this on a sweatshirt and wearing it to my classes. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. That Ooh. is brilliant. And I'm shocked I didn't know that one. Oh my I, god. Listen, it's there's a lot of them. You're going to redeem yourself. Okay. Probably with this next quote, which is, I need a woman to have a quirky sense of humor. There's a bunch of jokes I use, and if she doesn't get them, she's probably not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's Perry. Absolutely. What a, this man talking about women in like every interview he does. What are we doing? Yeah. Okay. No. Another one of my favorite quotes I found. I think there's a chance that aliens might just see us as beef cattle. So that's us done. Whether they would inhabit us in that way is pretty fanciful because they'd probably just get from us what they could. And then I just see us as fast food. That's got to be Barry, right? It's absolutely Barry. <laughs> and I have no context for why this was said or where it was said. And I just love it. I mean, that sounds like young, rich, Fulch, hanging out with rich Fulcher era, Barry. Mm-hmm. Well, so good. All right. In high school, there was a group of cool kids and a group of really dorky kids. And I was probably the coolest of the really dorky kids. <laughs> See, that's Perry. Mm-hmm. Because of the American uh, high school reference. Yeah. Right. I, che- I cheated. Mm-hmm. It's such a what a it's what a person who's actually always been popular would claim to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's a total lie, but I love it. All right. I find the fact that my voice has been heard all over the world more insane than anything else. That's Barry. It is. You're That's right. Barry. That's my show I'm writing. <laughs> That's Barry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With all my roles, I just keep playing myself. I think that's Perry. It is. Yeah. Which makes you wonder about the broken character comment trying to be good earlier. Right. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Completely. We have just two left. This one is, I tell my teenage self he did the right thing, never getting a proper job. Barry. Absolutely. All right. Here's your final quote. Is it Barry or Perry that said, if your catchphrase has appeared in men's toilets, then you know you've made it. Perry. No, Barry. no, 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 no. <laughs> I should have gotten that one. I should have gotten that one. Oh, I'm furious. Oh my gosh. I, I got too eager and like, but mm-hmm. the wording mm-hmm. of it and everything, I'm like, yes, that's absolutely. Iconic. Also, it probably was for the, it was probably for, um, yes, I can hear you, Clump Fandango. Yeah, mm. probably. Well, and you did an iconic job. It's clear that you know your absolutely. guy. You know, Barry. And you get Perry. And thank you so much <laughs> for playing Barry or Perry. Of course. We're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, I plan to channel Anne's powers for good. 
All right, we are back. And um, apparently, I'm suffering from memory loss. But Caitlin, you were during the break trying to jog my memory about the origins of Barry or Perry. Yes. Well, I don't know the direct origins exactly because you thought of it, but I think deep in your brain, it's because if you remember when we were doing a planning session Mm -hmm. for the podcast, Mm -hmm. We Stand Together, that you're listening to right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think you said, let's have Anne on. And I said, we could talk about Matt Berry. And you said, "Uh uh-huh, or what we do in the shadows. And I said, yeah, I just said Matt Barry. And you said, oh, I thought you said Matt Perry. So I was just going to move on and <laughs> pretend you didn't say it. <laughs> Which taught me a lot about how you interact with me. I also like that you think I call Matthew Perry Matt Perry sometimes. <laughs> I forgot that happened. That's absolutely was buried and I forgot about it. That's absolutely why this happened. Ooh. <laughs> You were like, uh huh. I would have been honored to have been invited on a Matt Perry episode as well, even though I know (laughs) far less about him. You would have really stretched the concept of this podcast because (laughs) now I remember. Now I remember. I I like to think that we could do an hour on almost anything. (sighs) He would push it for me. I just remember thinking, why would Caitlin ask Anne to do that when Anne has so many other better. No, Matt Perry, one sixth of friends, also fools Russian, (laughs) some other shows. Are there, can I ask, since you're the experts, are there friends stands? Have you come across friends? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did an episode. We we interviewed some. Go back and listen to that. All right. Yeah, yeah. They're out there. There are friends stands. There's definitely Jennifer Aniston stands. Oh, yeah. I don't don't know if there are Matt Matt Perry. I will say, I think his standum is the smallest of all of them because you got. You got the Courtney Cox stands mostly through Scream and Cougar. Right. And she picked up Cougar, some from Cougar, Cougar Town. Town. And then Lisa Kudrow has the comeback. So people Obviously, are standing her. Say no more. And then you got, uh, what's the the show that uh, Joey did? His, Matt LeBlanc. Episodes. Episodes. People love. People oh, have I love episodes. Respect. Yeah, people love episodes. And then, you know, David Schwimmer. Aged well. Yeah, good. well, and he he's does. adjacent to Jen. So, like, people are always shipping him and Jen, like, the Ross Rachel of it all. But Matthew, I think he's, he feel was like just Matthew's, lucky he was there. Yeah, I feel like Matthew's the one that we as a nation just collectively kind of worry about. We're oh, just, like, yeah, sure. for sure. Absolutely. Oh, I hope you're okay. <laughs> and do you know his his stepdad is one of the Dateline hosts? No, I have no idea. <laughs> which, fe- which feels like that's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> have to do a Dateline about Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oof. Well, you know what? Let's talk about something happier. Yeah, let's talk about Matt Berry. Lauren, you have a, a wonderful thesis for us this week. Yes. Thank you so much. So, and I, because I know what a direct impact your writing has on Matt's career, I wanted to use today's episode to manifest something. And this is actually, um, has already kind of come up in the episode. But the fact that Matt has not yet been the lead in a romantic comedy for me is personally upsetting and you know we just sort of decided to embrace this episode with the sub game of like wishful thinking for stuff we want to see Matt Barry in and so today I'm going to present to you not only the thesis statement that he needs to do a romantic comedy but I have a very specific pitch for how he should enter the world and as the number one Matt Barry expert I want to get your take on the pitch because 
a little bit before I give you the pitch, just a little bit about my thought process. Now, this is probably inspired by the fact that, you know, on Valentine's Day weekend, I was homesick with COVID and I did watch literally every romantic comedy probably ever made. I mean, we're talking everything from Marry Me to Kate and Leopold. And I started to think about like, as I often do, but I was checking back in with myself being like, what makes my favorite rom-coms my favorite rom-coms? And I was thinking about ones that I've seen more recently that stand out. And one of them is the movie The Long Shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, where she's running for office and Seth Rogen's kind of like the schlubby speechwriter or whatever and they fall in love and i was thinking about and i was like that's sort of the realm of romantic comedy i'm looking for from matt berry like obviously a comedic role but with a little bit more substance to it than maybe your typical uh romantic comedy so i was like i was trying to think of a storyline for matt berry to really bite his teeth into and i was thinking because I also watched The Holiday. I was thinking about Jude Law and The Holiday and how his whole storyline is like a widower of like raising daughters. And so I'm like, okay, that's our end right there. Matt Berry is playing a recent widower. He's got three adorable, mischievous, perfect daughters he's raising. But here's the twist. And here's where a lot of the comedy comes from. He and his wife were preparing to get divorced before she found out she was sick. And so because they were going to be splitting on amicable terms and because he was sick and the kids, they didn't get divorced because they didn't want to mess with like the health care. You know, they for very practical, logistical, caring reasons, they stayed together and they hadn't announced to anyone in their family, to the kids or anyone that they were going to get divorced. So he holds his wife's hand through her illness and everyone assumes that he's got to be like super heartbroken because oh my god you lost your wife but for him like he is sad right like he lost the mother of his children he lost a friend realized and grieved the loss of his romantic relationship prior to all this so this guy is like a lonely single parent who like has been wanting to get back out there for like quite a while here's where we enter our romantic prospect and this is to circle back to something that we've been talking about on the show on and off we recently did a live show where we tried to solve the problem of drew barrymore's love life and i think oh no drew barrymore playing the love interest for matt barry is beautiful but here and here's here's how we get her in there so matt barry is like stressed out going grocery shopping for the girls whatever and he needs to get like I don't know, you know, he's doing single single dad stuff at the grocery store and he bumps into Drew Barrymore's character and he is so taken with her that he's like, I have to ask this woman out. But he's so out of practice and awkward that he fumbles it and it turns out Drew Barrymore is a grief counselor <laughs> and she hosts a support group for widowers and through his bumbling Instead of getting a date with Drew Barrymore, he gets invited to join this support group. And so then we get these fun cast of characters because he's navigating his role and place in this support group because he's showing up because it's his it's his way of connecting with her. But he's sitting there. And so we get to experience a kooky chaos of Matt Berry being integrated into this community of widowers when all he really wants is for the the group leader 
Drew Barrymore to fall head over heels for him. Um, now, here's the thing, and maybe you can clarify this for me, Ann. I couldn't find evidence if Matt Berry is actually partnered or married on the internet. It seemed inconclusive. Regardless, I think that on camera, these two would be great. Off camera, if Drew and him don't end up together romantically, she could at least learn about what a great man could be because I think she wants a funny guy. She wants a smart guy, but I feel like Matt Berry could be a blueprint for her um, so we could get her away from sort of what she's been trying in the past that hasn't been working for <laughs> us or anyone else. So those are my thoughts. Kill two birds with one stone, get a great movie and hopefully repair Drew Barrymore's love life. He is like a good Tom Green. Like, mm-hmm. thank you. Like, <laughs> like a gentleman. A gentleman's Tom Green. <laughs> I love that. I think you should write that this immediately. Is, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Can I make a, a, a subplot Please. recommendation? Of course. His dad is also a widower. Ooh. Mm. Played by who? Brian Cox. Oh! Oh, wow. Wowie, <laughs> wowie, wowie. Green light. Now, immediate. But his dad is going through a different thing because his dad was romantically in love with mm-hmm. his, his mom at the time of her death. But he's also kind of a funny guy and he was willing to be a wingman at the, the support group. Yeah. I, you know, I also wanted to add a little uh, pitch here. Maybe the wife was a jerk. Mm. Maybe <sighs> she was cheating on him. Maybe she was like, and he put on a strong face, you know, just to add more to that, like Nicholas Sparks, like it's okay, he's good, <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. type of male trope. Right. Also, more jo- you could get some jokes out of that. I think totally, you know, totally. flash totally. flashbacks to a mean lady. <laughs> yeah, just this idea of like, I just think it's so interesting, and he would do it so well. The complexity of this, just like being in a situation where like everyone assumes you must uh i what you're going through and he's like actually like i'm kind of just ready to move on yeah <laughs> just is so fun. funny to me and i just would love to see him do that i think that would be funny did you watch that netflix show was it called the unicorn with welton goggins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's a little like that but like edgier darker i like it now thank you all so much for your support i will be um sending pages soon but have I assume <laughs> that you've had thoughts about Matt Berry as a romantic lead. We sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but like, have you had any fantasies about what that romantic lead would look like? You know, I have. Uh, first of all, I want to say there is no information on whether Matt Berry is partnered or married. And I worry about uh, it like I'm his mother a little bit. But that's wonderful. I love it and hate Isn't it at it? the same time. Yeah, well, I should know, but I'm glad most people don't. Right, exactly. But, That's exactly I how I know, feel, and I don't, and I don't know. Well, it does bother yeah. me because it's like, if Matt Berry is single and looking, I should be making a lot different choices in my romantic life than I currently am, and I'll say <laughs> that, and only that. Yes, okay. um, I also, you know, there's, and maybe this is kind of like Heathcliffy, but there, there's a part of me that kind of feels like he would be a good. Uh, like rake lost cause character kind of mm-hmm. like a i, I want to say jane Eyre right now mm. but i i know that that's probably not what i'm getting at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah kind of like a broken well see uh, that tracks with my original idea that i was gonna pitch was a kind of <laughs> down and out 
cabaret lounge club owner and oh in watch Audra McDonald who saves <laughs> the venue and his life and they fall in love. But that one felt a little more serious. But okay, I don't know. what if it's like okay, like um again with Audra McDonald and Matt Berry. Which it's it works for some reason. The dynamic is like the cutting edge. <gasps> like she's like a princess and but for some reason she needs his help. And it's for singing. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a good singer, but she keeps losing singing partners because she's such a bitch. And they're like, Audra, you only have, and that character's name is Audra. And they're like, you only have three years left to win the singing Olympics with the partner. Uh, you know, this one might need to be workshop, but I will do okay. it. Okay. You know, you know what we're walking into here? We're walking right into this. Okay. Um, we're walking into a, another remake of A Star is Born. <gasps> is what we're walking into. Oh god. Wow. Oh, no. But in the world just, of cabaret, oh. it's a star is born, yeah. but in the world of cabaret. <laughs> you know what that makes sense though? Doing a star is born w- with smaller fame is genius. Actually. I actually wonder how, if anyone out there has seen or written and it hasn't been produced like Small Town Star is Born, I want to see it. I want it. I need it. I mean, at some point, it is just a, a love story about an alcoholic. But like, I yeah, I agree. I would like to see a little bit. An alcoholic who thinks he has something to teach you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As they all usually do. They all got something Somehow. they think they have to offer. We've, we've all done comedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> we've met other comedians. Oh, yeah. 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 We've all, yeah. Well, thank you so much for indulging me as I basically read you uh, an outline for a fan fiction. But I mean, I think you need to log on to um, Archive of Our Own. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> AO3. You need to log on to AO3. Log on. You need to just go to the tab you have open, Lauren. And <laughs> Caitlin, press post. just because you're at my house and you can see what I'm doing doesn't mean you can tell everybody. They knew. Wow. And we're we're almost out of time, but is there anything that when you logged in today, knowing we were going to talk about Matt Berry, you hope to get off your chest, hope to share? Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with that we haven't touched on? Mainly that if you happen to know any Matt Berry fun facts, I'm always open Ooh. to them. And people hmm. will sometimes DM me things about him or oh. links, links to stuff. Like one fellow fan sent me like their Google Drive of like all the episodes of Toast because they weren't available in America anymore. <gasps> like ah! the Mapberry fandom is so warm and chill and like delightful. Do you guys have like a cute name that you call each other? Like, are you Berry Berries or? I call us Berries. Yeah. But that's very yeah. unofficial. But yeah, I mean, oops, all berries. If exactly, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. if you're interested in Matt Berry, it's a very open community. There's. It's mainly people sharing like funny clips, which is right. and listening to music together, which, as Lauren oh. can attest, is a wonderful <laughs> guys. If you thing. haven't checked out music, I'm telling you, get into music. I got a Google, so get, it's just called music. Get just going to Google music. music. After this. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually if you if you're really into music, there is a Matt Berry appearance in a documentary about library music. It's available on Amazon. I forget what it's called. Okay, but it's really it's really fun to watch if you like ambient like kind of sixties jazzy music yeah Yeah. well now that i figured out music's around i'm here to consume all of it i'm excited for you 
Thank you so much. And for everyone that fell into stand with you today, where can they f- keep up with you? Where can they follow you? Where can they stand you? I mean, unfortunately, on Twitter is the main place. <laughs> which is a- we love Twitter. <laughs> I'm like off Twitter for the next three days because I cannot handle this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Fair. Yeah. But but normally I'm on Twitter quite mm-hmm. regularly at Ann V. Clark. Um, and I'm also on Instagram and I'm trying to get more people to follow me on Instagram, honestly, because... Uh, you're you're right. Stance, you got to find out what's going on with Anne. Yeah. She's a great follow. Some of my earliest interactions with Anne were on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sadly enough. It's where a lot of my social interaction <laughs> happened in the last two years, especially. So, mm-hmm. oh, of course, I'm yeah. always yes. on there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you can follow us at We Stand Social mm-hmm. across all of the things. And guess what? You can also check out www.westandtogether.com your that is true got a website it looks good too check it out make it your homepage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shout out to friend of the show and former guest rodney brazil for helping us get that yes. beautiful landing page we are legit uh, so subscribe, you know, much like Jojo Bells, hit us with the five star review, thanking us for our service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you want to really show your support, uh, be sure to check out uh, Caveat's website and get tickets because guess what, folks? We're coming back to you live. Uh oh. Yeah, and we're giving you plenty of warning. We're going to be at Caveat Wednesday, April 13th. And get this part. It's at 7 p.m., a respectable, reasonable hour for grown adults. So you've got no excuses. You got plenty of time to get the babysitter, ask off work, you know, seek therapy so you can leave your house and cure your agoraphobia. Right. And and for don't ever forget, you know, you're like, well, I love this idea, but I live in Hawaii. Stop whining. You live in Hawaii. Number two, get that live stream ticket. Get that live stream ticket. You got you got you got nothing to worry about. You're in Hawaii. Live stream on the beach while you're on a surfboard. I'd really like to see that. It sounds lovely. Honestly, we'll give uh, an award for weirdest live stream location. Yeah. That is something we will Honestly, really like we will give a gift card. Um, I also, can I just one real quick say of that uh, anybody, yeah. anybody else who does want to get in touch with me or follow me, I will be at your show on <gasps> in April. I'm, I just <gasps> put it in my calendar. <gasps> so if there's so anyone stalking right me. Up. Yeah. So just walk right up to Anne and introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially yeah. Now, okay, we now have two challenges going. The weirdest live stream photo and also whoever can bring Anne the wildest Matt Berry like tithing or gift or sacrifice <laughs> challenge on. <laughs> yes, in person at the show on yeah, April yeah, 13th. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Only then. Only then. Well, Anne, it is a delight as always. Thank you so much for getting very Berry with us. And uh, <laughs> thank you. I can't wait to see you at the premiere of uh, Grieving Daddy. I don't know. Workshopping the title. <laughs> yeah, we're going to work on that. That's perfect. Until no. next time, Stan Stan. See you. Mm-hmm.
Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.